So if I'm nervous, if I'm really nervous and I get up to a tee shot and I feel like maybe the nerves are getting to me, I'll just go back to that clock in my head that I had on the range and I'll just execute that clock. Golf's a gentleman's game and I believe that no matter who you're playing with, you should support them, especially out when you're playing on the PGA Tour and competing. If you wanna make better decisions or whatever you're doing, I feel like people need to breathe from six to eight breaths per minute. And by doing that, you need to just practice it literally twice a day. It's like you're getting a massive head start on everyone else. When you go for a shot like that, I think of worst case scenario. When I assess the risk, I felt like worst case scenario was worth the risk. Hi. My name is Jason Raznick, the CEO of Benzinga, and welcome to the Raz Report. As always, before we kick things off, I want to quickly tell you about what Benzinga is. Before I started Benzinga in 2010, there were very few places to get real-time information on financial markets. I thought it was unfair that Wall Street had access to this information before the average Joe investor. So I created Benzinga to level the playing field for you, the retail investor. Benzinga is for the people and by the people. Now, let's dive into the show. Welcome to this edition of the Raz Report. Very excited. This is going to be a great one. We have PGA professional Nick Hardy. He's uh, in the FedEx race, I think 50 right now. This weekend he has a tournament, then hopefully the next weekend in his hometown. But very excited to get to it. Nick, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. So Nick is one of the best guys in the PGA, and you'll learn that through this interview. But uh, I just want to start off with this week, you had a mini or a viral moment. I heard about it from every which place. I think it was ESPN's, um, you know, top play or second top play. Your nine iron draw at the 3M from actually last week, 3M to still get a birdie. Like that ball, it looked like you had to go over water and then draw it. And And to draw it, don't you have to turn your club face? You bent your club. Tell us what you were thinking like, on that thing. I know you briefly described it, but I'd love to hear this one. Yeah, so I had uh, 176 yards into the wind over water, um, no follow-through to work with. Uh, I hit a 9-iron, um, had a pretty good lie, luckily. So um, I just tried to do my best to get some turn on it. I had to aim about probably 12, 15 yards right of the hole. Um, so I had to hook it. Uh, hit it perfect. Uh, I hit it in the center of the face, and it just caught a little bit of a flyer. Um, but it definitely drew a little bit too, which was the hard part. And uh, just it was just a great shot. And uh, yeah, I was I was pretty proud of myself for not not only just hitting a good shot, but not hurting myself either. <laughs> yeah. So you were able to draw by like what do you do? Take your club back inside, and then you just turn your hands over really quickly because you couldn't do the follow through, and that's why the club broke. Is that? basically how you do it um yeah so i i practice with an impact bag so i just so for me it felt like the tree was an impact bag except i couldn't use the impact bag as a really really like tool that will give because the tree won't give obviously so i had to accelerate at the right time on the downswing but also kind of pull up and not accelerate uh, so much through the ball, which that was a hard part about hitting a draw with that. Cause when you, when you hit a draw, you want to accelerate through the ball, but uh, I kind of had to do an abbreviated acceleration through the ball. So, um, for me to draw that with that tree in the way, it was uh, a hard task for that reason. But I just, yeah. I, I, I closed the face down a little bit and just did my best to have an in out path with that. So, um, that's kind of how it drew. Did you have any fear that you were going to hit that in the water? Um, I mean, I didn't think about it. Um, 
I said, worst case scenario, I'll make a six and it'll stink, but we'll go in and, and have a good round tomorrow. Um, so like, yeah, obviously when you go for a shot like that, like to give yourself a little bit of freedom, I think of worst case scenario. Um, and I, when I assess the risk, I felt like worst case scenario was worth the risk. Got it. Got it. And a couple of the questions people want me to ask you about that. You said on TV that your coach um, bent it back. So the question is, did titles get you a club in time or did your coach actually bend your club back, which is pretty incredible in itself? Yeah. So I wasn't sure I would be allowed to use the club anyway. Um, but my coach is very handy with golf clubs. So he like right away got it, used the, used the towel and just rubbed the shaft with the towel. And once you create friction like that, the shaft will kind of like come back to normal close to, it was close to normal. Um, but I wasn't going to use that shaft anyway the next day. Um, I had Titleist try to send me an overnight, over, overnight me a new nine iron, which was successful, but it didn't come till Friday night. So I had to play with a makeshift nine iron on Friday. My coach and I went to Home Depot and he changed. I had an extra pitching wedge on me. So we used the pitching wedge shaft and put my nine iron on the pitching wedge shaft um, for the next round, which was handy. I mean, he, he made a club. He basically made a club in, in the hotel room, which was pretty cool. So you went, to, you went to Home Depot. To Home Depot you went to to get glue or something or whatever yeah, it was? Yeah, he got about – Five or six supplies, um, a, 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 a glue gun or a gun, that yeah. heat gun basically that um, yeah. was able to get the club off the epoxy and then obviously had to use all that other equipment to get the, the club back on the other shaft. So um, it was about $50 worth of supplies. Um, it turned out and to be used, worth it. Yeah, I used, used, I, used that, I used that makeshift 9-iron probably three times on Friday. So. Well, how did you – what about the grip? Uh, well, I had all my specs and my grip on the shaft, my Perfect. other pitching wedge. So it yeah. was – it was it, the club was fine. Um, yep. Maybe a little bit off of normal length, but it worked yeah. for Friday. And who's this coach? He should get some credit here, right? Yes. My, uh, his coach – or my name – or his name is Gary Barter. Um, he's from Australia, Sydney, Australia, and he comes to my tournaments maybe once every – um, six to eight weeks. And, uh, so he was at this one. Luckily he was, because I don't know what I would have done. I would use my, I probably would have used my friend's nine iron. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I would have driven yeah. one down, but good timing. What a play. And so that's how, and the titles got it to you. It was, it was that it was too late for when they got it there. You know, right. For, just for Friday, for Saturday yeah. and Sunday, I used the, the titleist one that sent me. Yeah. I don't, you probably never seen the movie, the natural where the main character and they, they create a baseball bat with, uh, the, the bat, the bat boy it reminds me of that story of like you creating a, a club with your coach a day of, and then you hit that <laughs> ball in the hole, you know? So you're probably too, you're probably too young for the natural. Have you seen that movie? No, I actually have not. I mean, oh if you ask me if I've seen a movie, I probably haven't. I'm pretty lame. Okay. Okay. It's okay. All right. So next moving on. Do you get motivated if this is a question I received? Do you get motivated if someone says you can't do something or when someone says you can? So, like Tom Brady, he liked to be doubted and prove people wrong. What kind of, uh, or do you not, you have your own internal motivation? I feel like I'm more self motivated and self driven. I, I feel like I'm pretty, um, <clears throat> I'm definitely hard on myself, very hard on myself as an athlete. Um, but I, I'm, I'm real with myself. I'm a realist, but I'm also, 
I'll also pump myself up when I do something right. So I think I'm, I've, I've got a fine line for um, critiquing myself in a way that's positive enough, but also um, give myself uh, some reassurance that, hey, I need to get better at this or that. Um, really like outside doubt or uh, improvement of others, it, I don't really put any worth to. I, I think it's just a waste of time. I think um, – for young kids, it's especially important nowadays to realize that, hey, like other people's opinions, some people's opinions matter, but like the people close to you um, and your family, but the people that love you, but not other people. So I, I, I don't put a lot of worth to other people's opinions on whether, you know, maybe it's my game or how I go about my business. I feel like I'm the CEO of my career, and I think that I'm a, a pretty good one at that. Well, that's a great answer. I what brought the question was Brian Harmon at the open. People didn't really want him to win. They wanted their home, you know, countrymen or whatever. And he said that someone said, you're, you're not going to pull this out. You're totally going to screw this up after bogeying like the first two or three holes. He said that's all he needed to turn it on. If he, mm-hmm. if they wanted him to lose, they should have said, Hey, you're going to do it. But that opposite motivation helped him. And I, yeah, you know, I think that's great for him to use that. I, I like, if I heard that on the golf course, someone said that to me, I would definitely, um, I would, I would probably carry a little red ass for sure. A little extra, but it, it wouldn't, yeah. I'm already, I already feel like I'm self-motivated enough and I already know that there may be people out there that do doubt me. Um, and I don't really care. I don't really put any worth to that. I, uh, I feel like I'm self-driven enough to, um, overcome myself in a way. Cause I think golf is more obviously just a battle of, you in the course or you in your game. Um, so I, I feel like other people's opinions in golf, especially because you can't play golf. Like you can't, you can't really try harder in golf. You can try harder in basketball. You can try harder in football. You can't really try harder in golf. So it's, it's, it's a little different in the sense that other people telling you, you can't do something. It's not like I'm going to go try harder. Yeah, no, this was a great transition to my next question. So at the Wyndham championship, which you played great, you ran into some difficulty on Friday on the 15th hole. On Friday, you hit a drive. I think it like faded or sliced into the right into the fescue, which was close to out of bounds. You weren't sure. So then you hit a great provisional, like just, you know, bullet dart down in the middle of the fairway. Okay. Well, luckily you found your original drive. But the question I have is, why do you think it is that innate? What, what is it that enables most golfers to hit their second shot or mulligan way better. Maybe it's a psychological thing that we just always think we hit our second shot better. But I feel like, like, what was the difference between your first drive and your second drive? I know we're not robots, so there's always human imperfection. But I just like, I, I don't know. It's, it's just, do you know what I mean? Your first shot, you yeah, slice think, to the mm-hmm. right, and then a second shot, you hit uh, a laser. Yeah, it's it's an interesting question. Um, you know, s- sports psychologists will tell you maybe like you kind of care a lot less about the result on the second one and you're just like whatever and then that frees you up it's, it could be anything like that it could just be that you just make a happen to make a better swing the second time or you just it could be many things there's so many different variables in golf um and i think that in golf like players they may, may feel a certain way on a certain tee shot that they don't like or um especially blind shots um especially at our level like it could be it could be anything. There's so many variables. So, and we're really good. So you know, it's how likely is it that we're going to hit two balls straight into the crap in a row? 
Um, so I, I feel like there's a lot that goes into it, but for every situation like that, it could be a different answer. Well, I was reading a book on golf psych, psychology uh, books about calming what's in your brain, almost like he said to listen to all the noises, the birds, this to like, mm-hmm. so when you're above the ball, you be should present. be, yes. And not like feeling the pressure, so to speak, like to be totally relaxed, almost as if like you were just chilling with friends. What's your take on that? Like, are you supposed oh, yeah, to be that's super important? I think that's super important because whenever I have a swing thought out there, I go back to tempo. I go back to what I feel is the, the timing of my swing at, always, at, at a given state where I'm calm. So if I'm nervous, if I'm really nervous and I get up to a tee shot and I feel like uh, maybe the nerves are getting to me, I'll just go back to that clock in my head that I had on the range you know, in that morning that I was warming up. And I'll just execute that clock. And uh, I feel like Wait, what do you what do you what do you mean by that clock in your head? Uh, I feel range? like there's a certain cadence and rhythm to every swing I make, especially when I'm really purposeful on the range before a round, and when I'm really taking my time and having a good warm up session by being. I'm 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 a person who tends to get faster when I get nervous, so I'm I, I put a lot of emphasis on in my pre round warm up to be slower. And just not too slow, but just in really good rhythm um, and a good state that I know is slow enough for me. So when I feel nervous or quick or want to get fast out there, I go back to what I feel that warm up was just three hours ago or whatever. And when when you say slower, do you necessarily mean not just your swinging, but even like way you walk or you talk your demeanor too or oh just- yeah that that plays a part i think the way you walk and the way you talk and approach your shot that plays a massive part into your rhythm um yeah. there, there's a big big deal in that and uh i would say it mostly well you'll see that mostly in a player's takeaway and transition at the top like that, that those have got to be really smooth yeah i remember you telling me about tempo with my putting just think about tempo and i'm literally like a different golfer than I was a month ago. I mean, it's unbelievable. You saw I won the Harbaugh thing. It's yeah. unbelievable. Like some of these things that I totally overplayed and just, you tend to focus on your negatives in your swing and then you make it way ne- more negative because you have no confidence and you're just like, Jason. Just, well, it's for people that don't know, Jason and I, we, we got to know each other at the Rocket Mortgage Pro-Am on Wednesday. I got paired with him on the second nine holes yep. of our, of our day. And, Jason is an incredible golfer, very good swing, especially just a very good golfer. And he told me he struggles with putting. He can't putt. I'm like, I watch him hit two putts. The first two putts, I'm like, what are you talking about? You roll it great. He's like, well, I get nervous. And I'm like, well, everybody does. And and I'm like, just folk, go back to your tempo. Go back to the cadence of the stroke and and consistently accelerate through the stroke, through the ball, through the ball. And I feel like when we really put emphasis on just, you know what, I don't have to hit make this putt. I just have to – my goal is to just make a really good tempo stroke. And we totally changed our, like, result-based oriented approach, which is bad in golf. We don't just go and be like, I have to make this putt or it has to go in. All I can do is just make the best stroke I can, and that's what you're doing now. Yeah, and it's crazy because – the outcome I don't even look at like I now I one of the things that I tend to do is I'd open my sometimes I'd open my body but that's because I'd look up and so now I don't even look up and it's just like I try to do my shoulders and if I hear a hole I hear a hole but it's if you put a good stroke on the odds of you making a five footer 
are way higher as long as you're lined up, which was you just taught. And I didn't know what you meant by tempo. And also, uh, Nick, you also met my son, Josh. You're in his video that now has over 15 million views. He uh, asked who the most famous, per among other questions, who the most famous person in your contact on uh, your phone was. I think you said uh, who the quarterback. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, yep. And that vi video has taken on a life of its own. It's like played so many places. Well, I'm not so surprised. Josh is a future superstar like his dad. Is. Yeah, yeah. So he's and now now. And by the way, he's at camp, so he doesn't know any about this stuff. He's back this weekend. He's addicted to golf. After I mean, addict like it. And he got in two weeks like a total different. He's a total different player. It's hilarious. I mean, because he That's he amazing. is he's been, he has way more athletic t talent than I. So he got good and like I mean, you know, where he's like shooting um, realistically a high forty, low fifty. But before he was shooting in the seventies. He didn't know how to hit a ball. Now he hit. You know, now it's just the chipping in that part of the game. Good so that's him. good. All right. So now we're going to go back to uh, you. So this was good on the mental part of the game. I thought I watched the, the Wyndham this weekend. I thought long putters were made illegal. And now I see them coming back. Um, I get the idea of like, you know, a tripod or whatever, you know, whatever that pendulum. It looks like a pendulum. Are they now legal or are they changed the meaning of it or do you just not know? So the rule changed when you couldn't anchor a long putter. Okay. So you can use a long putter now. It just has to be the butt of the club at the top has to be free from your body. So, okay. yeah, so um, that's where you see Lucas Glover, who just won last week. He switched to the long putter, and it really it's really worked for him the last month or so. So, yeah, no, it's um, it's, illegal, it's legal, very legal. Okay. What's your take on them? Just not um, you, but – my personal take would I'd, I'd rather not see them around. I think the putter is uh, a club that should be the shortest club in your bag, um, traditionally in golf. Um, I, you know, whether it should be really totally banned or not, like I said, I'd probably rather see it be the shortest club in your bag. But yep, um, that's not up to me anyway. So I don't get I don't get to decide that. But I, I yep. feel I feel that way. Yep. And then speaking to the last question on putting, what are your thoughts on aim pointing? I'm not a big fan of it. Um, I think it slows down the game. It's a bad look for golf. I think um, I, I see a lot of the PGA tour players doing it and, and it, it may help them. Obviously it may help them, but uh, I think it takes up too much time. And I think we're teaching our youth to be very like robotic and slow at the green and, I don't like how much we step around the hole when we're doing that. Um, I just, I, I think the foot traffic is a big deal. And especially when you're wearing metal spikes on the tour, it, uh, it can make a, it can play a big role in uh, the damage to the green. So well, you guys I, wear metal spikes. I don't personally wear metal spikes, oh, but they're, okay. they're legal on the PGA tour. Okay. Got it. Okay. So not a fan of it. Have you ever tried it or just seen it? Um, I have. I, I understand the concept of it and why it works. It. Um, I just don't like putting that way. I, I like to putt a, a different way. I like to see the picture of the, the, the ball rolling of the, the paint when they put on TV. I like to see, That's how I read putts. And I think for guys who read putts by measuring like a cup out or a couple balls out or like however they gauge at a certain point next to the hole, I think – that may be more beneficial to them, which is why they may do it. Got it. And by the way, painting that picture, 
do you do that for all your shots? Like when you go behind your yep. driver, do you, so you like actually, you don't envision your swing, but you envision the ball flight? Well, so I, I think it's important for your brain to recognize what you're trying to do with the golf ball before you, your body does it. So if you, if you put your, put the picture in your brain first, I feel like athletically you're allowed to free yourself up and your body will do what your brain says to do. But are you putting in the picture in your brain of the shot or how you need to swing it? No, of the shot. I'm, okay. I've, I've hit enough golf shots in my life where I know, like, my brain, what my brain sees in front of me, my body will follow and do. It's like if you're walking, you say you want to go here. It's a yep. you know, it's your brain. Okay. Now, this one, I thought this was awesome. All right. So, attitude. I don't often see fellow golfers rooting on someone they are playing with in a round who could uh, jump ahead of them make more money in a, a higher payout. I don't often see golfers like, yes, sometimes they're supporting like, good job, you make a putt. I saw you, and I'm not saying you're the only one, but I, I saw you this weekend. You were playing with Justin Thomas on Sunday. And he, to make the, and by the way, play the B-roll for this. Thank you. When you when you were playing with him, he had to make the top 70 FedEx Cup. You saw him, I think it was an, an eagle he made. You pumped your fist visibly a few different times and then like gave him five. I, what I mean is like, yes, people give five, but when you don't think the camera was on you, you were visibly excited for Justin. And by the way, Justin, he could have went ahead of you and he would get paid more money. And so like, is that just innate in you? Do, but do you know what I'm talking about? I don't think anyone I, else I mentioned know, Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, I just feel like that's just the, the aspect of golf um, that we like. I mean, I think, it's it's golf's a gentleman's game, and I believe that no matter who you're playing with, uh, you should support them. And uh, I think it's I think it's especially out when you're playing on the PGA Tour and competing, um, you have a duty to be a good playing partner when you're playing with someone. So uh, it's a courteous playing a partner. So it's not like you know I'm going out of my way to like help Justin do better. I'm just being a courteous playing partner by um, giving him good vibes. I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was excellent. And, you know, people probably aren't talking about it, but if you, you do see videos sometimes when a, a playing partner, like, makes a face, like, of upsetness when someone made a putt, and the, you know, media's out there to get the the bad thing, not the good stuff. And this was just amazing. I, I saw it throughout the round. And then then the, the the horn went on you guys. Justin finished, and you still had, like, a six-footer putt. So they, they have you come back out there for that? And Justin had to come out there, too, to watch it? I didn't no, know that's Justin, a thing. Justin got to go home. He signed his card. He was done. So, um, so okay, I so, obviously okay. had to come back out an hour and a half, two hours later, and, and make that putt, which was kind of a grind. But um, yeah. I, I made it. <laughs> so, oh, good. Good, um, yeah. yeah. So, okay. Then going to your kindness and cheering Justin on, I have this story. And we have about eight minutes left. So I have this story that I ha have to read. So – if any of you guys have ever seen Billy Madison, there's a moment when the bus driver or someone, they pee on themselves. Well, the Twitter account, Monday Q Info, shared this story. Okay, this is a true story. A former teammate of Nick Hardy's um, wrote him, wrote to this guy in the Twitter account, and he wanted to explain why Nick is one of the best guys and teammates in the world. And then he goes, continue to watch him. So here's the story. Um, by the way, Nick's team has won Big Ten championships. Nick was an amazing junior golfer. We didn't go into all this, that stuff, but that you can find that on Wikipedia. I try to ask stuff that no one else asks. Okay, so here it goes. At the Big Ten championship, um, Nick's teammate was on the 15th hole, a par three. You guys, uh, the team was all wearing gray pants, and there was a backup on the tee. So this player, said player, decided to go into the trees 
to take a piss, okay? He accidentally pulled up his pants a little too early and thus dribbled on himself. Everyone knows what that's like, at least I think so. Um, it looked like he totally peed in his pants. Nick comes over to the player to the player's direction, um, maybe thought something was going on or he had to go to the F2. The player embarrassingly sh- showed Nick the accident as the player didn't know what to do. He didn't want to walk over as it's obvious he peed on himself. And, you know, that's embarrassing. What are you going to do when you have to go tee off? You can't, like, put something in front of you. Um, so then Nick, without saying a word, proceeded to go pee and purposely pulled up his pants early, making it look like Nick peed himself as well. This person immediately, like, laughed, smiled, and it instantly changed his mood. And then he just hit a dart off the tee. He said Nick didn't care. He just wanted his, his teammate to be comfortable and play his best. And, and he was willing to piss in his pants to do so. The team ended up winning the Big Tens, and Nick won the tournament individually. True story. Any more you want to enlighten on that? Yeah, I mean, it's true. Um, my playing partner, this specific playing partner, is kind of a sensitive person. So that like that was my gauge, and he was a younger teammate. So that was my gauge on it. And uh, I felt like um, in order for my younger teammate to feel uh, better about himself, I, I should uh, go help him out and make him feel, uh, feel welcome. <laughs> It's an unbelievable story. Most people would not do that, but you you were doing it because you felt this person could use the lift me up, and that's yeah, the way well, you think about things. There was like three. It was a long backup, so there's like three groups on the tee, so we had a lot of time to waiting around with the other playing partners. So he definitely may have been embarrassed by the other playing partners being there and parents and coaches and stuff. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> whatever whatever it takes to win, I guess. Yeah, so that's a great story, and that's just who Nick Hardy is. Um, okay, a few more questions, but um, you can do this one's quick. Day of round, if you're teeing off at 9 a.m., what time do you typically get to the um, to the tourney, or do you do meditation in your hotel room first? Yeah. Like, what's the morning of for Nick Morning Hardy? of, if I tee off at 9, I'm, like, doing my breathing and brain training stuff probably at, like, 7, getting to the course at 7.30, eating breakfast from 7.30 to 8.00. Getting, and then like maybe 7.30, 7.45 and then getting doing a little warm-up exercise for 10 minutes near my locker and then – What's uh, that? Uh, I just get my glutes activated and a um, little band work for the shoulders and that's about it. I, uh, wait, wait. Can you, can you just show me because I have a band in my bedroom now because I'm doing this every day now. What is the good band exercise for golfers? Um, well – I feel like anything we're rotational athletes, so anything like with your shoulders and, and getting moving a little bit, uh, just simple stuff with a band. And then I would say I do I use bands around my legs, and I do a lot of exercises just laying on the ground for my glutes because uh, I know I I feel better when going out to the course when I know my my glutes are working because I think it's really important to prevent injury that way in golf. But uh, interesting. No, I, okay, see, yeah. So, so I'm in, I, I, I warm up for an hour. I warm up. I, I, I putt, chip, hit balls, and then putt in the mouth of the tee. Okay. And when you're warming up, are you working on something or are you just getting loose? Um, <clears throat> no, no, no. I'm not working on something. I'm just getting loose. I'm hitting probably 35 balls, and I'm just uh, going slowly through the bag and up the bag and then back down a little bit. And then I'm just trying to develop a rhythm. Okay. Um, and – when you when you're at the range, do you do that thing where you draw a pitcher or not? You don't do that. Oh yeah, when I'm warming up and and, and 
Oh yeah. Every shot I'm thinking of the window where I want the ball to take off in and kind of what spin and trajectory and, and all that. I, I, every single shot I'm calculating something. That's awesome. Okay. Um, so then the, this one, I don't know if this will ever change. Uh, Joel Dahman, um, or Damon Dahman, uh, seems like a very nice guy. I think you're friends with him. He blew up from the Netflix uh, series Full Swing. I mean, maybe it was popular before, but people and I just watched it last night to learn more. You get to hear more of his personality and a bunch of stuff. What my question is in the PGA golf, when you're watching it on TV, they show the same five players who are battling to win and rarely show other players. They did show Justin Thomas because he's battling for the 70th. Um, and so you were in the background too there um, and sometimes hitting it. Do, like, do you guys ever like, because like the, I, the PGA I'm sure wants to create more personalities, but it's hard to create personalities when others aren't getting coverage. Like, I don't know if you were a producer, like would you cover golf differently um, to show <clears throat> other players? I mean, I know your parents would want to, you know, that, but I'm just wondering how you would, I think getting more personality out in golf is in, in golf broadcast would be beneficial. Um, I could see it not being an easy thing to do because there's 200 something golfers on the PGA Tour, and every week it's different players leading and winning. Um, so it's not easy, but doing more shows like Netflix and featuring maybe more random guys on tour would um, get more fan favorites, and I think it would be beneficial for the tour, especially if more. I mean, because, like, we get a lot of FaceTime from the stars, I would say. But if more mid-level players were shown and maybe their routines for how they work out and how they get ready for golf and um, just life behind the scenes, because people want to be let into the back door for sure. I promise you there's people listening, and they really wanted me to ask you more about what you do with the bands, your glutes, this got, whole thing. We, Show we it on video. Longer, Jason. We can go longer. Oh, no, yeah. but, but, but I'm just saying, like, the, like we – you know, people want to see that, you know, they want to know. And, um, and those stories, I mean, I love watching the online broadcast because now you get to see more, you know, when you can, you get to see more of the stuff like, you know, telling the story about the peeing thing. Um, but okay. So that you do agree. I mean, I know they give money for social media and stuff. Like I thought for you, Nick, like after a round, you put up your own video of like nine holes and saying, okay, I did this because of this. And I don't know if it'd catch on, um, one of the, um, who was it in, um, some sport, he was doing this, um, to let all his, uh, was, I think it was poker. I forget. And it worked. He generated his own following. It's just like an idea, um, sometimes to do that. Um, okay. So there's going on this thing, mental, you said you do your mental breathing exercises for seven to seven thirty. Can you give us a quick minute or something? I know many players, top players like yourself go to this certain company and they help you with your breathing and diaphragm. But what could you give the layman person? I have my club championship qualifying this weekend. What are some mental breathing exercises? And I know you do it daily, not just on the day of a tourney. Any tips you can share? Yeah. So most people breathe about 12 to 16 breaths per minute and some people 20 breaths per minute, which is very unhealthy way to live. Um, it's just, if you want to make better decisions, do better at your job or in school or, uh, whatever you're doing, I feel like people need to breathe from six to eight breaths per minute. And by doing that, you need to just practice it literally twice a day. If you practice it when you wake up for five minutes and practice before bed for five minutes, like you're getting a massive head start on everyone else. And uh, I think it's been a really beneficial to me. Um, I just noticed that I've been working on my breathing for a long time, but really more religiously, like the last 18 months. 
and I've just noticed that my default breath now is seven breaths per minute. And uh, when I get nervous, I'm able to just not get so ahead of myself when, when I'm a little anxious or stressed or whatever, because I'm still able to make great decisions when, when I'm at that breathing pace. So when you say practice, you're saying that the average person breathe, does too many breaths per minute, correct? Yep. So how do you practice slowing down your breathing throughout the day? Is it just sitting there and going like this? Yeah, set an alarm and put a timer on your uh, – put your, put your stopwatch in front of you and just see – like close your eyes and see how many times you breathe in the 60 seconds. And that's that's where you're at right now. And then you can do it while looking at the timer and say, okay, I'm going to get – I'm going to do seven breaths per minute in the next one. So you do seven and you, you'll really see how slow that is. And um, yeah, no, I, I work with a company called NeuroPeak Pro and they, they – they do. Um, they have these Intel belts that uh, capture all the different uh, numbers, and you're able to train on an on an app, and it's amazing stuff. And uh, that's, that's how I practice it and engage it. I wonder if they put the belt on you. Know, they used to do it for the PGA, where they see what people's heart rates were when they were playing golf. And I wonder what your heart rate would probably be lower because you worked on your breath to slow everything down. Oh yeah, my heart rate would be very well, a lot lower than the, the normal folk for sure. Okay, and so when the the breathing you, you, throughout your day, like as we're talking now, you think you're taking less breaths per minute than the average person? Absolutely. Wow, and wow, and that's way less, really ma- less, less than double. And it just makes a huge difference because you're using less of your like arteries and things, and like. But yeah, blood pressure, just overall health and well being is much better by practicing your breathing. I think I, I don't think people use use that tool enough Uh, i mean many successful people i think could even get even better at their job or business or whatever they do by doing that i know i'm gonna try for sure okay i know you said we can go over so but we'll i appreciate it we'll just do like the last few questions though yeah when you when you finish around i was nervous to ask you before we got on here about one of your holes because it was whatever you got unlucky with a drop like a bounce and what have you do you look at the your round and get really frustrated um or are you a guy that just doesn't look in the rear view mirror like maybe you'll yeah like how do you go oh yeah that? i i self-evaluate every round almost and i have gotten to be good at doing my best to look at the good and look at the bad and um i think it's really true that golf teaches you that it's really never as bad as it seems and it's never as good as it seems so you got. I think that's a great lesson for life too. It's just that, you know, you got to really stay like even, like right here at, at all times. And um, it's. I, I think that is so critical. And as I, be, you know, become more of a CEO of my game, I try to stay like that all the time. And you know, take the good with the bad, but also be real and assess um, without emotion. That's really important. Um, like yesterday was a really frustrating round for me, my final round at Wyndham. Um, but I told myself I play, I still played, played pretty darn good. I just didn't get the putts to drop from 15 feet like I had been, and uh, I had a bad hole. And, uh, you know, I it just – you have days like that. And But I, but I know how well I'm playing, so you got to really just kind of take the good with the bad, like I said, and that's kind of how I assess, and, and I'm real. I'm, I'm honest. Yeah, I mean – Speaking of that, I, I don't think there's many players. I mean, 
it's probably very few that have made as many cuts in a row, a row as you have. I mean, you're playing awesome golf, you know, and it's, and you won the Zurich open obviously, and you've come close the last few weeks of being right there in the top 10. Um, but what I've learned through knowing you and watching it, a lot of that, those inches are some things you can't control. You can put yourself in the position, but a bounce here or there means so much. It's unbelievable. And yes, you're going to do the best you can, but like, that's what I find so crazy in golf these days. Yeah. It's a fine line. There's fine lines out there. Like, could you have shot 10 strokes lower yesterday? I mean, sure. Like, you know, I yeah. mean, Bryson had Bryson had that day yesterday, but you know, he was shooting 20 strokes higher the days before. Okay. So um, I didn't ask you this when I asked you about your practice routine, when you're practicing, forget even before the game, before a round, when you're practicing, you know, just at home or what have you, do you do anything to make you feel pressure like you would have in a turn tournament? So a bit of a tournament feel like you have eight putts you have to make in this many things. Are there any tricks for that that you well, do? Yeah, Putting-wise, I mean, at home I, I, I make myself do um, six-footer drill. I, I have six tees in a circle around the cup from six feet out, and I have to make 18 in a row. So I have to go around the circle three times and make 18 in a row before I can leave the practice area. So – Sometimes. Do you set up? Do you set up for that too? Like when you so when you the ball there, do you just like go and stand, or do you go behind the ball to make sure everything's lined up? Like, do you oh just... yeah, no, I go I go through an abbreviated routine on each one, so it's like it's a I line the ball up, but um, it's not like I'm taking as much time as I normally would. Of course, but, um, yeah, sometimes it takes me two hours, sometimes it takes me fifteen minutes. Yeah. So you you have to, you have to make six putts around the hole three times in a row. So you may sometimes spend two hours. You won't leave until you do that. I won't leave until I do it. Wow. That's okay. That's some discipline. All right. That's the kind of thing. So when you're, you're, you're at ball 14 in 16 in, you have six times three, 18. You have two more balls to go. You won't leave if you miss one of those. Correct. Wow. Okay. That's some discipline. All right. Two more. Okay. Wait, wait, anything, um, anything once you're over the, okay. All right. So, um, this last one, so people always ask about sponsorship stuff. So when I look at PGA Player Tour, I don't see anything on the pants. Um, I never. I, the only person I saw wearing crazy pants was uh, John Daly. But could someone buy an ad on pants? Like if someone said, "Hey, Benzinga or whatever, Nick Hardy wants to sell a pants or a patch on his leg, the bottom thing. What's the deal with the pants? They just seem very, you know, basic pants, which is fine. I just want to know: is there anything yeah, you can't question. do? Um. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I want I want to buy Nick Hardy's leg. All right, <laughs> Nick Hardy's leg for the FedEx Cup. There you go, the right side. Go you on. want to buy my left cheek? <laughs> yes, your left cheek. Or yeah, I won't do the spot where the peeing thing with the dribbles. Yeah, no, right there, I mean, a, bull, a bullseye. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I actually don't know. Like the PGA Tour has actually uh, some sort of guidelines on what you can and can't have as advertisement on your body, and there's a limit to it too. So. I would have to look at the handbook for that. I really don't know what the rule is, but because nobody's doing it, it makes me think that it's not allowed. So that's my first thought. Okay. And I want to give your sponsors some love. So on your sponsors, I know you have a sweet new golf bag sponsor. And when anyone sees your golf bag, like, what is that? They want to know about it. What's the, the golf bag sponsor? Yeah. Swag golf. Um, yep. they, they, they have great stuff, great stuff, uh, great head covers, great putters. So I use their putter. Um, and, uh, the, the head covers are amazing. All their accessory items online are amazing. Uh, the bag is certainly a hit. So I think that's my third or fourth one this year. And 
wow. uh, each one they each one is really cool so um yeah i think you should yeah i'm, I'm glad you're plugging swag golf they, they do cool they make cool yeah. stuff yeah you have swag golf and you have a few others um highland right, 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 right nike high tower else? advisor high tower uh, yeah i wear nike clothes um great stuff yep. athletic and and fit in, in their clothes and then uh I, I have uh, I already plugged uh, Neuropeak, um, the breathing yep. company, um, and then Titleist. I, I, I use Titleist golf ball. Um, wouldn't use any. Oh, yeah. Which Titleist golf ball do you use? I play the Pro View X. Got it. I feel like you guys, one of you guys, should do like an auction for one of the spots in a golf bag, like an online auction of a golf. Like Warren Buffett has a lunch with him. You can auction off auction off spots on golf bags and see what happens. I don't know. I think it catch we a did viral that. thing. We did. You did? We, or, well, we didn't auction it, but we, we, we've done giveaways on my Instagram. And people oh, really? run my golf bag, yeah. Oh, I think you should, yeah. for a sponsorship, have an auction like on eBay and whatever oh. sponsor advertises the most. Yes, I know you have agents and who do negotiate that. But I'm just like, you know, auctions and Facebook marketplaces have changed so much. You never yeah. know. You may get, you may find a new sponsor that wants to pay a ton of, I don't know, just, a, just an idea. Okay, we're finishing t- what, two minutes here. Okay, what was the, what? I know you're into other sports, but basketball, football. Are you like, what are your teams? I, I love watching the NFL. Chicago Bears are my team. Um, so this fall, like uh, on Sundays, all I'll do is watch football. Yep. The bears. Were you a lifelong bears fan? Oh yeah. Big time. Been miserable uh, since 1996. Yep. There you go. Okay. And, um, <laughs> like you with the lions. <laughs> yes. Yes. We, and the first game is Friday night, Friday night's preseason, but it's first game against the giants. Uh, you going to Fort and, field? Yeah. My, well, I wasn't, I thought we had to wait for Josh to get him from camp, but my daughter, Riley, who you haven't met, she's like, we have to go. We need to go. So, you know, and if and if the Bears come to town, remember, I told you I have those crazy, these crazy seats on the field. Um, but, yeah, I guess, we, yeah, you're, they're, they're, they're crazy. You can bring whoever, your family members. Um, are, does your are family you nervous? Work- the, the Lions actually have some expectations this year. Are you nervous for that? I, so, I, so I am. So Jared Goff, I told you, I kind of, you know, no one lives near me, whatever. And I liked him. They had no expectations because, like, if you go on – Instagram or YouTube, whatever, you'll see when Jared Goff's girlfriend, Christine Harper, she was in a Sports Illustrated model shoot. And when the Lions won their first game after being like 0 and 9 or 0 and 10, she was so excited, right? It was like that's when she found out and they won the first game, or maybe they're 0 and 12 two years ago. And now that people are expecting so much, I feel bad for Jared because he, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I think they did get screwed at the end of the season last year with the uh, calls and we should have been in the playoffs. But yes, it's a lot of, um, yeah, I think it's a different thing. Now, the, my positive is the offense, like they've been playing together, so they know yeah. the routes more. I was I played in that University of Michigan, Jim Harbaugh golf outing, and the quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, and the other, like they're great guys, great golfers. I And they're very confident for Michigan next year. And it's just like when you see them, how confident they are. I think when you play together, you get more confidence. But having high exp- – see, that was the question I asked. Some people need to be doubted. The Lions were doubted last year and they proved yeah. everyone wrong now they have expectations that they're supposed to be great so then do they instinctively not try as hard like i i don't think that's you, you, i just don't know how that works but yes i am nervous for the lions they should be in the playoffs but i don't, I don't know that's my take are you a, are you a line eye football fan i am a are line you? football fan yeah okay all right that's because now the big 10 just expanded i don't know what's going on okay so then the last question we always ask is what was your first or worst job first well my first job 
uh, <laughs> and my worst job, I worked at a Menchie's frozen yogurt store. Oh, did you uh, like it working there? How was that? Well, I got free frozen yogurt, so it was good. But yeah. uh, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. I like. I worked there like I don't know eight hours a week. It wasn't even. It wasn't yeah. much. So it was just like a sixteen-year-old job, you know. Well, Kevin O'Leary, who's been on the Raz Report a few times, and a friend, whatever from Shark Tank, he his job was working at not Menchie's, another ice cream place, and gum was on the floor. And the lady said, "You gotta take a spoon and get it off." And he didn't want to, and he just left the job, and that was his story. <laughs> and and then we tried really hard, and so did ABC eventually, to get the manager who told me how to you know the ice cream off the floor, whatever. And we yeah. and no one found that person, but that was he worked at an ice cream place too. So um, so that was your. How old were you when you did that? Fifteen or sixteen years old. It was yeah, it was like a teenage job. Got it. Okay, last question. When you're playing this weekend, and you're when you're you know you hear people saying go Nick or you know, cheering you on. Are you pretty much always laser focused, like on your, your next thing you have to do in the golf tournament? Or do you, I'm, I'm saying not on Wednesday, I'm saying on a Saturday or what have you, do you ignore the noise from out there or do you use that as something? I, I just curious how you handle that. Um, I, uh, I, I mean, I, I appreciate the well wishes of course. Uh, but I am definitely more serious person. I'm laser focused when I'm kind of like, uh, in the middle of it, you know, um, I would say more, totally. more serious. I'm not like, I'm not like, uh, when it comes to business, you know, I'm not like, uh, joking around or goofing off. I kind of, I kind of, I obviously take my, um, things seriously. So, you know, I, it's like, this is my career. So of course, why wouldn't I? But yeah, that's hundred percent. So Nick Hardy, it's what time were you at? Is it four, three, is it four, almost four o'clock where you are today? Two forty here. So what will you do the rest of the day? Will you be practicing putting in your room? Well, this is my fourth week in a row playing. So this Monday I'll for sure be just chilling. So today I don't know what I'll be doing, um, but it will be some sort of recovery just for my body, hydrate, um, stretch. I travel today. So it's just about getting my body right. Do you do cold plunges or anything? Uh, No, not not really. Um, It's more – just stretching, Pilates, stretching. Um, I have a manual stretch therapist on the road. She's great, so she she helps me with that. But yeah, no, it's just about more of that stuff for me. And Pilates, I hear, is great for golf. Oh yeah, I do like, it two to three times a week. It's I've done it for like three months now. It's amazing. When you said it to me, I was like, "What?" And I now I've done my research, and it's great for turning and all that stuff. Oh, so today great. you'll take yeah. So today you'll take the day off. And Tuesday you'll go to the court. Have you played this course before? No, I'll play. I'll play nine holes tomorrow. Got it. Now you've been in the FedEx tournament before. Nope. First time. This is your first. Yep. So that's pretty impressive. So are you excited? Nervous? What? Like, is your family coming down there? How is that all working? Um, I think my dad might come. Um, I'm definitely excited. All of the above. I, this is, yeah, this is one of the biggest tournaments of my career, and, um. You know, I'm just excited for the opportunity. I, I really, at the end of the day, it's, I'm playing a sport, and I couldn't really, I, I, going into it, I don't really care what the end result is. I'm, I'm excited for the experience, and I know I'm going to do my best. And you don't focus on the result. You focus on doing your best with any, any given shot. Yeah, I'm just doing my best out there, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best with, you know, what doing my best means to me is being focused, being ready for the next shot physically, mentally, uh, being unemotional out there, 
attached to my targets. Um, just very, I control what I can control. Yeah. When you were at the 3M and you were coming up the leaderboard the first two days, I, I said to my wife that if you were in the last three groups, I was going to come to Minnesota, but I was not going to let you know I was there. I would like, be <laughs> just, I would be, you know, out of the way because the, I don't want to ever like take a focus or this. And I'm like, Oh, it was my fault. He bogeyed that hole. And so like that part, I, I know you said your parents, like it's hard for them to watch golf sometimes, but uh, it's uh, like, cause you know, you're feeling, cause I know you have sisters too. And they, I mean, I'm sure they're rooting you on and who knows. So like that, like, I, I, I forgot who, someone just won a tournament and their coach was there uh, like two weeks ago. And the coach came on the 18th hole. I forget which tournament, but it was oh, one yeah, of those. Yeah. Just 3M, yeah. Yep. Yep, and I feel like that would be like because you loved your your golf coach. He was like yeah. one of the best. Coach, and I feel like that. Yeah, yeah. So you learned you learned a lot from that part uh, yeah. from your coach. Oh yeah. All right, I think I covered everything we wanted to ask. I'm sure there'll be more. You've talked about the, the you know helping people. I, you cheering for Justin Thomas throughout the round, I, and that's just you. I don't think you were doing that because you know that maybe to be on. You were just. You were visibly, you knew the situation for him and, yeah. um, and you really wanted him to, uh, was it, was it, how was it playing with him? Was it a, a lot more bigger gallery? Like how was that by the oh, way? Oh yeah. The gallery was, was a factor. It was big. Um, yeah, I think everyone understood a situation and it was excitement, a lot of excitement. It was, it's difficult. It's not the easiest, um, for, you know, just me playing with that. I mean, you got to manage all that, but, uh, I remember watching someone get interviewed. They were playing with Tiger Woods, and they said, "Yeah, it's nice, but here's what happens: Tiger Woods hits his shot, everyone runs to the next thing, and I have to hit my shot." And I'm just hearing people scurry. <laughs> then, um, and then the other party said that was one thing. Then the other party said it was actually Max Homa. He gave the story, and the other party said is that Tiger Woods would hit a shot, and it'd be like on the green or whatever, and then Max would hit a shot, and Max like thought, "Okay, I think I hit a great shot." But like the claps were like, you know, very quiet. So it was always confusing. And when he got up there and he was, if he was a lot closer, like, oh, okay. Is that kind of what it's like a little bit? I mean, I'm not, yeah, it's not, not that, that level. Extent, but, not to yeah. that extent, but it's, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's abnormal for me because I don't draw that type of a crowd yet. So uh, yeah. it, it's definitely, it was a great experience. Like there's no, neg no negative about it. Yeah. Great, ex great experience, and you'll have more of it. I just, I wish he would have made. I wish that chip in would have gone in, so he would have qualified. That was so cool. Yeah. That was an unreal shot. If the flag was out, it would have gone in. I feel like, but you uh, don't maybe, take the maybe. But uh, it, it came in a little hot, but it was it was such a pure shot on the dead center of the stick. Like sometimes it may go in, sometimes it doesn't. You know. And that's the golfing gods yeah. we were talking about that's here. Golf. And that's the difference. That's golf. That's the difference between a lot of stuff. The 70th and the FedEx. And you're you're 50th right now and you're playing this week. And then if you qualify in your top 50, then you go to Chicago and that's your yep. hometown. So yep. that would be really fun. So thank you, Nick Hardy, for coming on the Raz Report. If you don't know Nick Hardy, you can follow him on Twitter too. Just Google Nick Hardy. He'll show up. You can see, you know, there. Watch him in the weekends or, you know, follow him on the PGA sites. Maybe he's your sleeper, bet, bet on him. Who knows? All right? You, you'll get good, some good odds, and uh, he's great. And when you pull it all together, you never know what's going to happen. So thank you again, Nick, for Thanks, coming on Jay. the Raz Report. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you.